Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. I get lost in your words. It feels so good when I'm hurt. Take my mind off of the pain. Love when the beat takes me away with only good music. Oh, 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 with only good music. Something about the things you said stays in my mind. Makes me wanna sit down and listen to you. I listen all night. Melody, the arrangement. Makes my body go so crazy. A time of man, I love the beat. It's the way the music comes over me. The emotions I get, I won't fight. Sometimes the music is sure to make you cry, then dry your eyes. You know when the music is the way you can hide. Life. I get lost in your words, it feels so good. I'm hurt, take my mind off of the pain. Love when the beat takes me away with only good music. Oh, 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 with only good music. I tell Rihanna, please don't stop the music. Cologne strum my pain with the fingers. I could really use it. Quiet storms full of purple rain. My Sharia more lovely as a summer day I'll let the whispers follow Marvin Gaye In my headphones till the music starts to fade away I'd give away my brown sugar for a bit of pop If love really was a bullet, I'd have took the shot Yeah, uh Now would you buy me a drink just to take me home? Put your game in a song just to make me moan I like my Robin Thicke, me alone A thug album I get lost in your words, it feels so good when I'm hurt Take my mind off of the pain Love when the beat takes me away with only good music Oh, 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 with only good
Hello, hello, good morning, good afternoon, good evening to each and every one of you. Wherever you are listening in this world, welcome to this special session of Healing Through Hurt I Talk Radio. I am your host, Dr. C, a.k.a. the mediator and Shiro, right here at our ground zero. Usually, I, you know, when I say we're at ground zero, I always tell people that we're not at rock bottom. With everything going on in this world, so many of us feel as though we are at rock bottom. But I am here to tell you today, right here, right now, that when you're at rock bottom, you are on solid ground where you can get your footing, dig in deeply, and prepare to propel yourself to new heights so that you can soar with the eagles. With that said, we're going to jump into our program. Welcome to everyone in our call query. And, of course, uh, we have uh, Simo and uh, Brother Gene over in our show chat room. Thank you all for being here. Uh, I had already shared with some of you that I'm running on empty. I'm spiritually, mentally, and physically um, tired of a lot of things at this point going on in this world. Um, And it's a shame that we have to continue to um, talk about the same things over and over again whether it's colorism, racism. Tonight, of course, our chat start is about colorism. And let me just give you some definitions that I found on colorism. One of them uh, was prejudice or discrimination against individuals with a dark skin tone, typically among people of the same ethnic or racial group. Uh, Another definition that I found was discrimination based on skin color, also known as colorism or shadism, prejudice or discrimination, usually from members of the same race in which people are treated differently based on the social implications from culture meanings attached to skin color. I was watching the um, movie Black Girls 2. Uh, I did not finish it yesterday, but I'm going to finish it after the show ends. And it seems that this particular um, subject, topic, touched a nerve with so many people and all across the world because colorism doesn't just happen in the United States. It happens in other countries as well. Um we it would appear that for a long time now a lot of people have adapted to the US standards of beauty and and what is acceptable and what is not acceptable me being someone of a darker hue i can only tell you what i've experienced in life um and how i feel that the color of my skin still plays into a lot of um, issues that I have to deal with on a daily basis. 
Uh, it was so interesting that um, I find that a lot of people within my own race tend to play the race card or pull the color game. I have been called by adults, by grown people, um, blacky, darky, blue, whatever it is. I have been um, ridiculed because of the color of my skin. Now, you have to remember something. I'm speaking from my personal experience. If you have, and tonight I distinctly said that it's about light and dark, but it's also about redhead versus blonde versus brunette. If you have a story to tell, tonight is the night to share that story because we cannot change if we cannot communicate about these things. This is the, the skin that God put me in, and I'm sure that he did it for a reason. I went through all of the phases when I was younger where I wanted to be lighter or wondered what it would be like to be lighter. I even went through the phase where I refused to have a child with a man who was the color that I was the color of because I didn't want my child to have that increased chance of coming out looking like me. I've gone through all of those phases in my life. Now, there are some people who could be listening who may say, listen, uh, you know, I went through it and I'm light and I did this. I understand that. I have met people. I'll never forget when I was working way back when I was out still with the Postal Service delivering mail. And a lady in one of the businesses that I delivered to, very fair-skinned, beautiful lady, very nice personality, the whole nine yards. She said, every time I see you, I want you to know how envious I am of you. And I said, why? She said, I want your skin. And I said, huh? Why would you want my skin? She says my whole life, she said that she was ridiculed because of the color of her skin. So in this time of Black Lives Matter, and some people say all lives matter, and then some people want to know if black lives matter, why are we self-hating and self-loathing? And most people don't really have a clear and concise answer for that. It starts into a finger-pointing session usually. But for me, what I'm... tonight, because I got so many comments that came in without the show even starting, Um, and so many stories that have come in. Again, this is very hurtful for a lot of people. I've been down and out and abused most of my life, so I'm so used to all of this. You can call me whatever you want. It doesn't matter. Matter of fact, I expect people of my own race to make fun of this color of my skin. It's become the norm. Um, Why they do it, you know, they can say that it's been ingrained in us through slavery. It's been this and that and whatever they want to say. But for me in my lifetime, one thing that I can tell you is that the people that find my skin most appealing are the people that do not look like me. The people who... um, are more infatuated with the color of my skin. Um, So many times, even in the Black Girl movie, um, again, I've heard the, oh, my gosh, where are you from? 
you are gorgeous or you're pretty to be dark. You look like one of those pretty black porcelain dolls. You look this, you look that to be. Your features aren't that of a dark girl. I'm like, what 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 does that even mean? Um and one thing that uh, is usually associated with colorism and being of a darker hue is that we're supposed to be ignorant, loud, angry. And the sad part is that so many people, I deal with it Monday through Friday in the workplace, um, where if I voice my opinion about anything, I become unprofessional and the angry black woman. And I'm the only African-American woman in the unit, and I deal with all white males who are in positions of power. Some don't have a stitch of qualifications to be there, but they were given positions due to their privilege and their gender. So I deal with this on a daily basis, and then I have to come back to my own people and deal with it again because to them, oh, um, you're dark, you're automatically not pretty, You're not worthy. You're worth nothing. These are the types of issues that we must deal with, that some of us deal with on a daily basis and, in my case, have dealt with my entire life. Thank God that he gave me enough strength and wisdom to know that I can rise above that. But for those of you, especially in the chat room and those of you listening on the call query, If you have a story to tell or you have a comment, for those of you in the call query, please um, press the number one on your phone and I will bring you on air. Um, There's been people who have told me that, you know, I never would have guessed that you were dark. You speak well. And it's been so many strange things to me. I'm like, how does a dark person speak? I don't understand how... So many people can, um, 6024, I'll bring you on air in one moment. Uh, I don't know how so many people can uh, be so um, cruel to think that um, that this is okay. And again, equate that to Black Lives Matter. If we don't like each other because of the color of our skin. What is that saying about the principles and the intentions of the movement as a whole? Maybe I'm playing devil's advocate with that, but it's a question that we can talk about tonight. Um, Over in the chat room, Simo says, I think a lot of colorism has to do with media, what people see on TV and learn behaviors of what is beauty. And I'm going to come back to that in a moment. Right now I'm going to bring on last four six zero two four six zero two four. Welcome, welcome. You have a question or a comment this evening? Um, this is it's me, Simo. Um, and it's it's just what I was saying. I think a lot of uh colorism has to do with people's perception of what um they think beauty is and learned behaviors. Um, and me, I didn't really, I don't think I really had a lot of problems um, coming up, growing up with, uh, and you're a little bit older than me, Dr. C, not that much, but a little bit older. But 
um, <laughs> growing in a house, growing up in a household too, my mother is several shades lighter than me. Um, I'm dark because, uh, of course, my dad is dark. Um, and I have aunts that are really, really light and cousins that were really, really light. And I'm darker, but I don't think I ever really, ex- I, I've, I've, I've heard people say, or people have said to me, just like you said, which would get on my nerves, you're really cute to be a dark girl. And I was like, I'm cute anyway. What do you mean to be a dark girl? You know what I mean? And and to me, it was kind of defensive right. um, to say that. Um, but um, coming up, I guess lighter skinned people were, were, you know, supposed to be more attractive or, or whatever the case was. But I, what I know growing up, it seemed like a lot of uh, light skinned guys were attracted to darker girls or, and, and it, to me, I didn't have a preference. I pretty much like, you know, judge people by how they treated me or, you know, just the character, how they were as a person. Um, so, right. I don't, and I think being in the military, I didn't, I didn't, I was, you know, most of my adult life I was in the military, so I didn't see it very much then. It was, you know, because you had so many cultures in there. Um, and then traveling all over, you didn't see it much. But I think it's just people's perception of what they think um, beauty is. Like if you look at TV, you don't see people um, too much with like wearing their natural hair. Um, and you see it more now. But before, what, what do we do as black women most of the time? Run out, get a lace front or something like that. Um, and we're trying to look like what we think makes us beautiful instead of just embracing who we are. And let me ask you this. Do you think that at some point, though, when we get older, we should have the good common sense to know that maybe this isn't right. I still have people who are older than me in my age group, wherever, who still, when they get um, tired or when they're just being ignorant or when they're angry or whatever it is with me or dealing with me, all of a sudden they'll just pull out with a color slur. No different than a racial slur. No different than a white person calling me the N-word as opposed to them calling me blacky or blue or whatever. These are adults doing this. And we wonder why the children do this. I said many, many years ago, there was a group of kids outside playing, and he kept asking this person. I don't remember whether he's talking to a guy or a girl. But he kept saying, is she light? Is she light? Is she light? And finally they said, yeah. And they said, why? No, they said, why? And I think it was why. And he said, well, if she likes, she must be good looking. She must be pretty. And I'm like, hold up. Wait, what? But, like, I think I really, really think, you know, that's my child. But think about that, though. If it was a child, these behavior like that is is something that's learned. Somebody, they heard an adult or they saw, you know what I mean? Those are learned behaviors because there's no way that you just automatically say, oh, Light bulbs are, are just much better. You know, if, if it's somebody that's extra light, they, they're just more attractive or whatever the case is. That's, to me, I think that's just learned behavior. That's stuff that they've, they've heard a grown-up or somebody else say. And if grown-ups are still saying stuff like this and they're older, much older than me or you, that's just ignorance. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if you can help them at this point. If, if they in their 40s and 50s and they still talking about, oh, blackie or, or whatever it is, that's, that's mental illness right there, I would think. 
you know, and that I don't know. You know, I'm tired of people blaming it on all oh, this slavery and it's ingrained in the in us. Say what now? <laughs> now maybe it's because <laughs> maybe maybe I, I'm not buying into that per se, unless you know right. my DNA has you know I'm I'm a mixed bag of nuts. I'm a little bit of everything from everywhere. Um, maybe some of the uh, ancestors DNA got in me where I don't think in those strange, you know, uh, jacked up terms, but right. to say, you know, oh, you know, it's slavery and just put it there. I'm like, well, then when are we going to change from that narrative? When are we going to change from that fact? And the, with me, like you said, you're an anomaly where you didn't really experience too much of it. Now for me, the older I got, when I, came into who I am, people who did not look like me. I tell people this all the time. It was the people who did not look like me who took me under their wings, who taught me the business of business. It was the people who did not look like me who thought that I was the most beautiful person that they'd ever seen. They thought that my smooth, dark skin was just amazing. I have been a face model before. Meaning, of course, so many people, if you all don't know what that means, there's some people who are hand models, uh, feet models, foot models, and then some of us, we get a chance to be models because of our skin. And a lot of makeup artists and people like to um, wear their, their, their models for their makeup tutorials and things like that. So I have done that. And then in the same breath, again, to say you're cute to be dark, you you, you speak well to be dark. I, I've never heard such buffoonery in my entire life. And for those of you, again, on the call line or if you're in the chat room and you have a story you want to share, especially if you're of a lighter hue and you've experienced this, um, now is the time to share. Like I said, I got so many people telling their stories uh, before this show even aired that um, there's no way that I could get to so many of them. But my question is, we say that our lives matter. In what way? If we cannot even get along, if we're separating ourselves based on our skin tone, what part of our lives matter and to whom? Because it's evident, because the people on the outside looking in, they're crying this out fast, quick, and loudly, that how can you say that your life matters when you don't even respect each other? What is your take on that? Just out of curiosity, and everyone in the chat room, uh, if you want to put your spin on this, if our lives matter, exactly what part of our lives matter and to whom is this movement all about just making the white folks respect us and we continue to disrespect ourselves? Or are we missing you know, something in the whole um, rhetoric? Uh, what are we missing here? Now, I was going to say, I, I know a lot of um, a, a lot of white people will, will say, um, you guys kill each other more than we kill each other. They, they, they just say all that kind of stuff. Y'all kill each other more than... The police kill you or 
you're killing each other, you don't do this and you don't do that. But if you look at it, in any race, it's the same. Probably the same amount of white people kill white people, black people kill black people, Latino people kill Latino people. Um, of course, we do need to respect each other more and, and um, you know, patronize each other's businesses and do all that kind of stuff. Now, I know here in Pensacola, they have a huge movement right now where they, like all the black businesses and stuff here, they met up last week. Um, they met up last week at a, a little wine bar that's uh, black-owned, and they are really, really working on just like patronizing each other. Like they got a black farmer's market here. They got several uh, black food uh, stores and uh, vegan shops and stuff like that. They are doing a lot to bring the black community together. And I think if they do that across, you know, in in other states, and I, which I'm sure they are, um, that would help out a lot with, you know, black people just, you know, respecting each other more and, and sharing their ideas and, and doing things like that. Um, and I think, like I said, when they show all the negative stuff that, that goes on within the black community on TV, that's what other, you know, uh, of course, a, a Caucasian or somebody else is going to say, um, well, they don't respect each other because this is what we see on TV all the time. We're seeing, um, like, in Baltimore, it might be, like, a lot of gun violence or uh, Chicago. So, of course, they're going to highlight all those negative things, but they're not showing you the positive side. Of of the community, you know what I mean. I I I hear I hear what you're saying, and and just like earlier, I did my um my YouTube video where I showed uh where I did my overview and um, review of some of the products that I brought uh, that I had bought during um, Juneteenth. I had I was invited to a special event. And um, the host was introducing a lot of black-owned businesses. Uh, the first site that I had gone to, the first thing was that they had tried to do their, I don't even know what the website was called, and put the, the, the entrepreneur sites on the end, but none of those were working, and I just put it out there. And then they just put up all of their personal websites. The first website I went to wasn't, it was just hard to try to um, finish the transaction, so I canceled everything. Right. And then I kept going, and I looked at three more. So I ordered from Layla Ali's site because she had volunteered her social media site for this person to do this event. And um, I went on and I shared the products that I got from Layla Ali and another place called um, Garner's Garden. But when you come down to... I think sometimes we're trying to put the cart before the horse. We have to heal ourselves at this level where we're still hating on each other at this level, at the, 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 the root level, before we right. move to support each other and move up in business and in everything else. The problem is that we can support people and make some of these um, black-owned companies shine. And with this particular event, I loved it because the prices were comparable with what's going on. Uh, they give you messages to say thank you for your business, and they actually tell you when your product is shipped and when it was delivered. 
So it's like, we got a message that your product was delivered. I'm like, oh, dear heart. I don't recall seeing them drop everything off, anything off at my door because the U.S. Postal Service is probably the worst delivery service who has one job, which is delivering in the world, I think. But if we don't respect, if women don't respect our men, if men don't respect our women, when they get mad with their wives or whatever, their fat bitches, their whores, their this, their that, if families don't respect one another, then we're still fighting a losing battle. Doesn't matter where we shop at, if we're still destroying each other on the way home from that black-owned business that we just patronized, we're still at ground zero. And it seems like no one's really taking on that task. No one's really talking about the fact that we're actually a very effed up group of people. We, yes, it's great. We can support each other at the business level. But if we're not supporting each other and respecting each other, and that social daily level, where are we really? Is the question where are we? Where are we really? That's a good question. But how do how do you get? I mean, like you just said, we if we if we're that messed up at the root level, how do how do we um, get people to respect? Uh, women and and the black the black woman and the black man and the family and and keeping families close and how how do we do that I don't know but um, I know self love is is important so because I just feel like if you, if you don't have any love for yourself and when I say yourself your true self you understand what I'm saying how do you expect somebody to love you and treat you like you want to be loved you're right. If Black Lives Matter, then respect yourself as a Black life. You know what I mean? Right. And and you you touched on something else. Uh, you said, um, especially where it comes down to Black women, because one of the things that I've shared on my programs many times is the fact that move over, Black man. That's something more vicious and dangerous than you will ever be, and that's an insecure Black woman. Because those are the women that will tell their girlfriends, don't deal with this one, don't talk to her, and don't do this, and don't like her, and girl, da 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 and people, the small minds will buy into that and hate you without even knowing why they hate you. They only know what someone told them, and they in turn right. buy into it and believe it, and then they're hating on you for no particular reason. You have... These women who are so insecure and who they are, they make everything a competition. We're not even going to get into some of the other facets and aspects of this, but they want to villainize anyone who they feel insecure and inferior to. And most times those people who they are targeting either aren't paying them a bit of difference or they're willing to help them if they tell them where they need the help. So we we need to work on several things here. First of all, like you said, self-care, self-love. 
knowing our worth. And some people, and, and this happens across all racial lines, some people with their insecurities, they want to be someplace where they don't belong. In other words, there are some people who want to be in that leadership role when they're meant to be the best followers in the world. In all areas of life, and, and, and human and, and animal kingdoms and things, there's a set order of things. Bees are a classic example. Ants are another classic example. You have the queens. You have the workers. You have the um, the people. The, the the people. You have the the um, different bugs and animals that will die for the common cause so that others will live. It was a, a movie I saw many years ago, and and they showed how, with ants especially, ants are very, 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 humans can learn, learn a lot from ants. They were showing they had did, dug a trench, I guess, and, you know, sometimes you'll see a long line of ants, and they're collecting food for the winter and whatever. So they got out the hose, and they started shooting them and things. But what they did, in order for them to get from one side, where it was a straight path before, but now there's this like rolling stream. Some of the ants had to sacrifice their lives to make a bridge so that the others would survive. Right. And there's so many ants people who... <laughs> oh my gosh, yes. Um, everything, and then... Some people had, there was an abandoned ant hill, and they had poured the um, liquid metal into it, and then they took mm-hmm. it apart, and they showed how their little intricate cities were built and all of that. Oh, wow. So it's very, um, it, it was very interesting to see that most people, I know that India is big on colorism as well, but most people come together. Most ethnic groups come together to support one another. And then there's us who want people to believe that our lives matter. And the question mm-hmm. is, how do, where do we start? We start by having dialogue like this. We start by... We start by putting some plans into place, simple things, like having meetings. I'm setting up now. Um, I'm going to uh, get with um, our guests from a few weeks ago to see what we can do to bring together women and young girls so that we can know our worth. Because the minute that we start to know our worth, we know what we will and will not accept out of our male counterparts, in some cases female counterparts. Until we understand our worth, we have to break that generational curse. We have to show that we mean more, and we are more than the color of our skin. And when we do that within our own house, we will be able to show that and demand that outside to the others who don't seem to understand. So when we do that, that's how we can... Let people know that we're serious about respect 
because until we respect ourselves as a people, no one is ever going to take us serious. I don't give a hoot what rant, what thing that we're doing. We're not going to be taken seriously. And again, society keeps saying that, and they keep pushing the colorism issue, but where is it really stemming from? Because as I said, I got ahead in life. People saw me, and they were more infatuated with my skin than my own people would ever be. And where did we go from here? When our spouses, our friends, and everybody, if they feel a need to, don't want people to pick on them, so all of a sudden they're going to jump on you and say, why y'all picking on me? Pick on Blackie over there. Do this and that. It happens every single day. I'm tired of seeing young wow. girls and children cry because they come home and they are totally destroyed because someone has made fun of them and made um, them a spectacle because of the color of their skin. I went through it all the way up through high school. I'm like, wow, I must really possess something. When I figured out that I must possess something that makes these people that insecure, that they have to try to make me look like, you know, a monkey in a pet shop window to make themselves feel better about themselves, I knew then that, okay, whatever it is that I possess, I wish I could bottle it because I'd be filthy rich right about now. Right. But again, in this day and age, I'm tired of having these discussions. Will I continue to have meetings? Will I continue to let young girls know that they're worth more than someone telling them and dictating to them what their worth is based on their skin color. Not every light girl is beautiful. Not every light girl is remotely pretty. Not every dark-skinned girl is beautiful. Not every dark-skinned girl is remotely pretty. If you want to get to it and you want to be that superficial, and I'm saying this rhetorically because society has said you're light, you're right, you're beautiful automatically. And in that respect, mm-mm. There's but beauty too, in as, all as of parents, us. As parents, too, you got to talk to your kids and, and say, hey, this, this this these are some scenarios that you might go through um, in school or, you know, with your friends or something. So you got to, you have to educate your kids, too, because if, if, Colorism has been going on, all, of course it's been going on forever, but that's why it's important that you have then the conversations with your kids, too, so they're not crying every day when they come home, so they know how to handle the situation. Well, then again, the parents, some of the parents are the problems, <laughs> and that's where, you know, I think that it it, it comes down to like I said, these are adults that say things to me, and those adults have children. And if they're doing it to me in public, they're certainly talking about it to their children. And then one ignorant bunch of parents makes new ignorant children. Over in our chat room, um, TJ a dove says, uh, Tarjay says, now for me it was the opposite. I was made fun of and bullied for being extremely light. And that's the thing that if you want to, you know, talk about that some more, TJ, 
that's another side of the coin that I said early on before you joined the conversation that I can't talk on that end. I can only tell what I went through. And in doing so, again, this shows that we have a problem at this level. All this marching, all of these things. Are you typing? <laughs> My bad. Simo, are you typing? Because I'm like, she's I'm typing sorry. away. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my gosh. So, again, um, um, Tarje, if you want to share more of your story, because that's a different side of this. And like I said, yes, my life matters. I said one thing should be our life matters, too. So maybe that should be the thing for us to us. My life matters, too to remind us that, hey, just because I'm in this dark skin doesn't mean that I am not just as worthy as you are. So while you're out there, they're out there ranting and raving about Black Lives Matter, maybe we should be within our own community saying my life matters too, to remind each other that we matter. Because for me, like I said, one time in my life, I know that I've seen racism early on. And then going to work, I see racism every single day, Monday through Friday. It's there and it's blatant. It's not even subtle anymore. It's blatant. But again, and now that that the clown in charge has um, signed a new bill where, and so many people, and this is interesting, so many people are now um, praising him for signing a bill where uh, college educations no longer have any weight in the federal government as far as hiring. And the problem is so many people were already doing, the privilege were already bringing in their friends and family and helping them to lie on their resumes. So we're dealing with colorism, we're dealing with racism, we're dealing with discrimination, and it's just gotten worse in the last day or so. So when a lot of people go back to work on Monday, they're going to see that they're going to be overlooked for jobs alone not just based on the color of their skin. And sometimes colorism plays into that as well. But because, and I know for a fact that those white men where I work are scared to death of this dark woman here because I'm educated and I'm not taking any mess off of them. But when you're in an entire organization that is racist as hell, it's an uphill battle and it just got worse. Because right now, all of the people who are in charge, the highest degree, of the person in charge of the unit is a bachelor's degree. Then some have wow. a high school diploma. Some have high school diplomas. They're all making high five, six figure salaries. The one in charge of my unit graduated from what may or may not be a diploma mill that's still been under investigation. So that means that his degree, his bachelor's degree may or may not be legitimate. But again, he's white, he's male. He was put in a position that he didn't have to apply for. He was just given. And I have never in my life saw a person that was more unqualified to be in a position of power and authority than that particular individual. Back over in our short chat room, kids kids pulled my hair because it was long, beat me up, all kinds of things, just because I was light and didn't look like them. Then I had freckles. So they called me white girl. I was oust because I was like, my mother would say, just ignore them. My dad told me to stop letting those kids beat me up. 
for a long time, I thought something was wrong with me because I was so light and most of the kids didn't look like me. <sighs> um, I'm tired. I shared it earlier, and I guess you all can hear it in my voice, that um, I'm tired, I'm worn out. I was um, getting together some paperwork that I need, and um, I was looking up uh, some issues that I had to deal with and getting ready with some more um, proceedings that I'll be mediating soon. And... uh, getting these couples ready to do this when they're so heated and uh, there's a lot of verbal abuse and um, physical abuse and other things coming. And a lot of people are using me right about now for their mediation because I've been through all of that and I know what they um, are dealing with. And I know the signs and I know when to back out and when to uh, turn it over and and elevate it to um, other levels, including the police or wherever they need to be. Um, it, It leaves scars on children. I remember the day that I knew that I was very different. Um, I was in school, early on in school, and a student was standing on my right side, and they looked at me, and they just said, damn, you black. And the class burst out laughing. And then another time was, I remember we were at a school that doesn't even, it isn't even there anymore. They tore it down years ago and built apartments there, but that Betsy Ross and a guy came out, light-skinned brother. He came out, and he walked up to my brother, and he said, is that black thing your sister? These are the things that I remember now. And that happened when I was in elementary school. But I remember them like they happened yesterday. So I know what it's like. Oh, eight seven nine oh eight seven nine oh. We're going to bring you on. Hello, hello. Welcome to our conversation. Hello. Hello. Can you hear me? Yes, ma'am. Hi. Hello. How are you? Great. I was just—I had just called in. You have a story you want to share? Oh no, ma'am. I'm sorry. I—I I just called in and I touched one. I didn't listen to the entire program. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um. Well, you can just sit back and press the number one on your phone again to take you off out of the queue. And if you do want to uh, join in the conversation, you can uh, press it again, and I'll bring you back online, okay? Thank you.
So we have um, back over in our chat room. Uh, Tarjay says, I knew there was a documentary called Dark Girls, but I just uh, came across it. Um, its sister documentary called Light Girls last week. The two were so similar, just from different aspects. The colorist within our own is so sad because I find it it beautiful that we are such a diverse race. It's sad that some can't see the beauty in all shades. Uh I think Eugene posted something earlier where the president basically said anybody can work any job. Education is no is is not really important anymore. Some workplaces are going to get bad. Well, yeah, they are and where I am it's already bad. And when you add what we're already dealing with, the color issues, the race issues and all of that, we already have um, the, the the nickname for where I am is Nepotism Institute. We always, um, it's always been there, but now it's there legally. And I guess when you have someone in the highest office in the land who has no qualifications and um, uh, really no education either, I guess, you know, the more the merrier where he's concerned. But this has made it 10 times worse. So what we're so many of us are going to walk into is going to be yet another different world. I know that where I work, when the current regime took over in Washington, people got very free with what they would say to people of color where I work. And it's sad because we don't have um, the civil rights group is useless, and everyone is useless. As a matter of fact, I was on a civil rights call just this week, and I said, you know, they always talk about make sure that management knows that you're not okay and blah, blah, blah. I said, I have written to them multiple times. I have requested meetings. I have been ignored every single time. And what did the EEO and the civil rights woman say? Who's a black female? Oh, I don't know what to say to that. And then she moved on to another subject. And I'm like, well, damn. And now with this coming, I have to deal with all of this. So fortunately, I had already made the decision to have my retirement person start running some numbers for me. And um, at this point, I really do think that it's time for me to move forward with making my practice grow and making my own success and living on my own rules and preparing to actually move and see there's a lot of places where I've been looking where it says, um, places that are great for brown people to live and be successful. And there's a lot of places, but we're not looking at that because we're so complacent at where we are. And to get back on topic again, we have to um, talk at this level and be intentional at this level. While we're out here saying, telling the others that our lives matter we have to remind each other hey my dark life matters too because we are the ones the people who are hurting me the most are the people who look like me take away everything that I just said I've been dealing with the color issue of racism and discrimination my entire life I was born into this but damn, now I have to deal with it within my own people as well. Now, open the show chat room. 
We say, yes, I saw that, but that's what they've been doing for years. So African-Americans are going to college to be able to contend and get these jobs just to see that they are unqualified individuals without degrees being placed on those positions. Um, he just verified what's been going on all along. Exactly. The documentaries, the documentaries came on own. They were both on demand. Um, and I was just talking, TJ, before you came into the chat room, that uh, yesterday I started watching Black Girls 2. And it's so sad that it's just a continuation. And I'm tired of seeing the generations that are coming after me with these girls with tears in their eyes, these girls who don't love themselves, who don't feel comfortable within their own skin. That's where the problem comes in. Now we have more on our plate because that fool has made it easy for them to discriminate against us. And what do they do? when, Even when they think that they're losing or they're up against the wall, they will divide and conquer. They will divide us and hire us based on the color of our skin. And I don't mean black, white, I mean light, dark. That's the next phase of this separatism. And then you will have the lighter complected black folks thinking that they're better. They will get a beat down like so many of the Karens and their co- and her cousins and uncles and husbands and everybody else are doing now because we're not having it anymore. And the sad part is I fear that we are leaning towards a civil war of some type. You had the policemen who were fired just the other day for talking about something to that effect. It's the same principle. They want to sit back. And I spoke about this years ago. It was easy for them to sit back because, you know, years ago they were sitting back watching black people annihilate each other. Now, for the first couple of weeks of the shutdown, Baltimore was quiet, but they just couldn't leave well enough alone. They couldn't wait to get out and start killing each other again. And that's a question within itself. When the opposition says, well, you are killing each other, so how could you say your life matters? Let's just go around the room. What is your response to that? We're killing each other. Men don't respect their women. Women don't respect their men. Parents aren't raising their children. And I don't care what everybody else is doing. Whites can do whatever they want. They are the privileged. It doesn't matter. They're going to do what they want. The police aren't going to kill them in the street. They aren't going to shoot. Their children, they're going to treat them with the utmost of respect. They can walk into a church and kill a bunch of people praying, and then they're going to take them to get a burger before they take them to jail. We can't do that. Would we like to be treated fairly and equally? Yes. But so many people and so many current events going on – Me dealing from someone from a legal aspect, some of these current cases that people are really out here protesting about, 
They're going to fight that tooth and nail. And I'm not so sure that each one of these cases is going to come out the way that we want. And when we get frustrated, we're burning down our own neighborhoods. We're not going up to town and burning down the Fule Fa Fufu Boutique. Of course, they have much more insurance, and they'll build a bigger and better place and still live large because they're going to get extra payout from that. When we burn down our own, so many black businesses are not run properly or established from the get-go. And one of the things, I was listening to Roland Martin Unfiltered a few weeks ago, and he said, you know, a lot of these businesses, they were talking about people getting loans and people doing this, and they can't get loans and things because they do all of their things without bank accounts and without this. My question is, why? How are you in business if you don't have the proper things in order? This is why we can't just say that it's discrimination when we don't qualify for these loans because we don't have our ducks in order to even attempt to qualify for them. Again, things that we need to talk about from within. Jean says that holds no water because statistically murder happens within the same ethnic group with within the same ethnic group. So whites kill whites, blacks kill blacks, etc. So them attempting to tell us that we kill each other. Okay, so what? So do you. And for dumb crap, that's true. Like insurance, um, mistresses, lovers, etc. Um, TJ writes, the fact that we kill each other is an issue. However, that's a separate issue from the BLM movement. People murder based on proximity, but the whites are hurting us like prey. They're, they're preying upon us. Of course they are now because the idiot in charge in D.C. is told it's given them free reign to do exactly that. They are seeking us out just because we're black, because to them we are less than human. Exactly. Gene, you are on to something there. But that's exactly right. But my question for us is, so I hate the deflection of why aren't y'all focused on black on black? Yeah, it's a problem, but it's our problem. The bigger problem is that treatment of our of, of our people by racist system that causes the frustration of a life where you struggle to get ahead. Of course, the frustration will lead to violent behavior. Let me ask you all this, and I said this a little bit earlier. Say we solve the racial issue tomorrow. And, Gene, I know you've seen it plenty of times uh, when we used to work together. Okay, everything is solved. But then among ourselves, you have the people who are, oh, no, you're not getting ahead of me. We become the crabs in the burrow. So we could have all the opportunities and chances in the world. But then, we heaven forbid, somebody gets ahead of us. So we end up pulling each other back down. We end up in a place where we're not going anywhere. We're still crabs in the barrel. And I think that that's something that needs to be addressed. And again, I still say that it should say, okay, people, we're going to knock this out and tell you, since you said all lives matter, well, all lives matter too. Because when they say all lives matter, they don't mean us because they think of us as someone just said, we're less than human. 
So we have to remind them that our lives matter too. We put on our pants one leg at a time just like they do. And the sad part is that if we all disappeared from this earth tomorrow morning, they wouldn't survive. That was the whole point of them having slaves in the first place because they couldn't do crap for themselves. Matter of fact, tonight is going to be unfiltered. We could say they couldn't do shit for themselves, and they'll be totally fucked if we left overnight. They would not know what to do. They don't know what to do. I'm going through that at work now. Tell us how you do what you do. Oh, you want me to tell you how to think. You want the black woman to breastfeed your asses. I see where we're going. Not going to happen. I said, I can tell you everything. You're not going to retain it, and you still won't know what to do. And it's not going to happen anyway because I don't have those kinds of hours in my day. Um. That's a fight to take on after the system has changed because that's because that's changing the indoctrination of a mindset that has been handed down from us from our parents who got it from their parents and so on. But what I said earlier is that conversations like this, I'm tired of seeing young girls cry because they're being picked on, hurt, and harmed. We need to start somewhere. All of this talk, like I said, is rhetoric to me. When I said in the meeting that I was in with the civil rights people over um, a few days ago, I said, I have written to them. I'm not okay. I have talked to them. I have requested meetings. I have gotten nothing. They continue, these white males continue to ignore me. And the civil rights lady who's a black female said, mm, I don't know what to say to that. And she went on to another topic. And Jean says, because... We feel it's so little opportunities for us. We feel like we have to compete for what little scraps they leave us. So, of course, right now, the crabs will try to pull you back with them. Funny thing is that they hate on you for trying to get ahead, but it's not an opportunity that they themselves want. They just want... They just don't want anyone else to do better. That's my point, Eugene, is when they don't want anyone else to do better. We could wake up tomorrow and all of this racism would be gone and they'd be looking around to the left, to the right, and front and back. And the first thing that they would be saying is, oh, no. Oh, she thinks she's going to get ahead of me. Oh, no. Then it'd be like, girl, don't let her get ahead. You know so-and-so? No, nah, we can't let her do so-and-so. Been there, done that seen this this thing my entire life. We try to network. We try to work together. You'll always have that one little sneaky-ass crab and that little slug that tries to do something that's underhanded to promote themselves, to make themselves better. But then you're left at the bottom because they've stolen everything or used your resources to benefit themselves. And they don't want to look back because they're not going to look back and pull every, anyone else up. So even if we fix the, the problem that we're going through right now and the change to happen, we cannot wait to start working on fixing our own homes. Because if we wait for that, that's going to be the rest of our lifetimes trying to change ourselves from within. What I don't see is people trying to fix us. It should be something that's going on simultaneously. 
We know. We work every day. We know that we're not being compensated properly with our unqualified white counterparts. We already know that. We know that every day of our lives is an uphill struggle. But some of us are still willing to teach those who want to learn. Simo uh, uh, says, so we have to keep protesting, marching, and if need be, tear this shit up too. Dashikis forever. I did not spell that right, but I will keep hope alive. But again, that's fine and wonderful. But while we're doing that, we should be working on cleaning up our own communities, cleaning up our own homes. We need to be working simultaneously so that when and if that day comes, we will be prepared to step into our greatness. We shouldn't be sitting back waiting to fix this and then say, okay, well then now we got to fix each other because then that's going to be a total civil war among our own people, more so than it is now. If we think that we're killing each other now, we're going to be killing each other even more and tearing each other down. So while we're working on one thing, we have to multitask. We cannot just be waiting for this to happen. And again, they don't care. They're going to tear us down, and they're going to tear down the strong ones of us. Because as I said at work, when I try to voice my opinion professionally in a private manner, they go into this secret meetings, make it public, and then tell me that I'm the mad black woman and unprofessional, and to next time choose my words better. Divide and conquer, and they want to destroy us. They want to put us back in our box and in our places. We can't work together because you have the Uncle Toms and the Aunt Thomasinas who will run back to Mossel and say, Mossel, this is going on in Mossel because Nothing's happening to me. Or we have the infamous, well, it's not bothering me. I like my job, but they don't realize that they're being undercut and underpaid and doing the most work as opposed to their getting paid more unqualified, incompetent white counterparts. So some people don't want to fight. We did this a few weeks ago um, on uh, the Focus Female show where we talked about the people who say God going to take care of it. We have to be proactive. God is not going to come down here and fix this for us. God gave us that thing called good sense, free will, and tenacity. He gave us the strength. We came from strength. We know we have the agility. We have the passion. We have the ability to continue to fight. But we have to come together. We have to work on fixing inside as well as the outside. Or we're going to still be at ground zero, even if we solve the problem of racism and discrimination tomorrow. We're still going to be at ground zero because we still have that crab mentality. You have the videos that were out there with kids beating up, with black kids beating up black kids because they were smart, because they do their schoolwork. Let's not forget all of this. We have to talk about this and we have to figure out a way to start instilling this in our children that we mean more. 
some of us are some of these old heads are lost than the sauce. They're just lost. They're no good. It's a done deal. But we have to learn how to save our generations. We have to learn how to try to continue because if we don't right now, we're headed for annihilation. Again, if we dis- if if discrimination, racism disappeared tomorrow. We would still be annihilating each other, whether it be through gang wars or whatever, or just from purity being people who are insecure, who don't want to to strive for anything, waiting for someone to come and rescue them, them, save them, and take care of them, and they don't want anyone else to get ahead of them either. We argue because of the color of our skin, because of the shade of our skin. We don't like each other because of the shade of our skin. We don't like each other because some of us are smart and we have a drive and we want to better ourselves. We don't like ourselves because some are the haves and the have-nots. We don't like ourselves because of this. We don't like ourselves because of that. We don't respect one another. How are we going to deal with that? We can't wait until one problem is solved because this thing called racism and discrimination in this country may never end. Now, as much as you have other leaders of other countries, I believe I read an article where the person in China, where the leader of China said something to the effect that um, we have an inept leader, that the U.S. has an inept leader, and it's a racist country with a racist president who don't even like black people, but then China doesn't like us either. Amazing how this vicious cycle continues. So again, the first thing that we need to do is take care of our own and take care of our own homes and try to heal our own communities. Something as simple as going out, sweeping up the streets together, making our communities look better. And a lot of these incidences, if you look at them from a legal standpoint, not from the layman who think, oh, they killed a black person. You have to look at it from the legal standpoint. That is a whole different mindset. That is a whole different way of looking at things. When you look at it from a legal mindset, they're going to fight some of these to the bitter end, and some of these cases will be lost. If they're not lost, it's because right now they think that the racial tension is too high and they're doing it because they're afraid. Does that make the legal system work? Nope. Because in the end, they're always going to come back and they're going to get back what they think that they gave away for free. So, again, where do we go from here? What are we talking about every day? Like I said, they're doing all of this crap at work where they're having these sessions, and now they're doing it 15 people at a time in a place that has thousands of employees. These sessions they choose 15 people for. I was one of the 15 for their first session, and I got, uh, I don't know what to say to that. Well, let's move on from that. This is my civil rights people. Think on that for a moment. Tell me where we should go because I'd love to have a symposium on this. I'd love to have a huge workshop on this to or or program 
where we can help these young people. We need to get males involved, too. And I may be put out a call for that where we come together, because one thing that you don't see again, we don't see these churches coming together. Why? Because they're in competition with, with each other, too. You don't see them joining forces. They should have done that a long time ago. Again, if it's not a photo op for them, where are the churches? Why aren't they walking these neighborhoods? Why aren't these pastors out there doing what the church was meant to do? That's a topic for another day, but it's part of the problem. You all got quiet on me in the in the chat room, and of course, you um, people over here in the call query, thank you for sticking it out with us and listening. But again, what's next, people? What's next? That's the question that I'm posing to you in the chat room and in the call query. What's next? What should we be doing in addition to watching the protesters? What else should we be doing to heal our communities, our homes, ourselves? What else should we be doing in addition to supporting the protests? Anybody there? But this is the problem that I'm finding is that when that question is posed, there's this this gap and this silence. But we should be. I think that Jane says we won't be focused on anything until getting this man out of office. So we're just going to sit here idle? What if he doesn't get out of office? What if we get another four years of him? He stole the first election. What makes you all think he won't steal a second one? We cannot sit idly and wait till November. We just can't. And again, like you said, he's about to steal another. If he goes in for another four years, we might as well all pack up and go uh, prematurely because this country will fall. There's no way that we can survive another four years of him. He is tearing, he, he and his family and his cronies are tearing this country apart. We can't do it again. We cannot, we cannot survive another four years. You know, we have to be intentional. And Simo says, um, um, Jane says he's about, uh, let's see, where? Did, let me go back. Uh, did I already read? I'll read it again. TJ says, I agree that we need to focus on fixing us, but I do not feel we can learn to love and value ourselves until we are loved and valued. Loved and valued by whom? Gene says he's about to steal another, and he may very well do that. So we cannot sit and wait. That will be how many more months? Um, 
sitting and waiting for the inevitable or for us to learn that we'll have four more years of hell. Well, like you said, we have to meet and brainstorm and come up with um, substantial ideas. More importantly, switch up the Senate. They are the reason he did not get removed, of course. We have to start implementing programs in our schools that make our children know our value. We have been the innovators in American history. So our children need to know that we matter in American history. I think that one of the things that you all are saying, and go, going back, let's roll back a little bit to what TJ said. I think in, even in, you know, my family dynamic, I had to cut loose of a lot of all the wrong people. And my family is so tiny and small and very blended, but we can come together and have that love and have that value. And for me, if it means, I think that now a lot more things are going to pop up on social media. One of the things that I did today was, which got a lot of responses back from and messages were when I did um, the product review of the um, Juneteenth event that I was invited to, and I had supported some black-owned businesses. Again, I supported the businesses that were very, they were very rock solid. Uh, I liked their presentation. I loved the interviews that they gave. I loved the products. Um, if you're ragtag, I'm not going to support you. I'm telling you now, if you're ragtag and you're going to charge me $25 for a $5 thing that I can buy elsewhere, I'm sorry. That's not going to work for me. That's telling me that you don't know the business of business. And again, like I said, when they said that some of the, the black-owned businesses didn't qualify for these loans, because a lot of them are operating under the table. They don't have proper um, business forms in place. They don't have proper bank accounts. They have nothing. You can have a bank account and have a few hundred dollars in it and let it sit there and be a loyal customer. A lot of times these banks, they look at how long you've been a customer as well. They want their longstanding customers, but so many of these so-called black-owned businesses don't even have insurance. They don't have proper paperwork. They don't have proper um, accounts and things of that done. Bookkeeping is a hot mess. If you don't have that in order, then a lot of people won't be willing to invest in you. That's the realization of knowing the business of business. Gene says that's a problem, too. People want to tell us to support black businesses, but some of our um, black-owned businesses don't provide their own people good services. They treat us like crap, thinking we're supposed to be supporting them. I'll get right back to that because that's another issue, too. You are absolutely right. The school districts do not want teachers to teach black history. I teach it all year, not just in February. Um, DJ says, right, Eugene, that's why I teach my young black sons that. I have installed in them that all of their lives, and even more so now than 
um, that they're teenagers. My oldest is almost 18. He is a man to the world. So it is important for him to know the value of himself. I make sure to tell them both so that no one can tell them anything to the contrary. Of course, people can say what they want in attempting to put them down, but they will know they possess because it has been told to them all of their lives at home. Um, Jean says white people don't know that. That word of mouth is a great way of expanding your business. White people do know that word of mouth is a great way of expanding your business. And the same way that they know that it's a great way to expand your business, negative talk will also destroy a business. It's not that hard of a thing to do. And going back up to what Jane said earlier about Black people think that we're supposed to. You're black. You're supposed to be for me. Many times I've said on my focus show, um, when uh, I had first done, um, when I had first gotten uh, focus um, trademarked, I spoke about people said, well, you, you were supposed to stick together. The title of this show has always been Healing Through Hurt. I said, this is not a male bashing show. Yes, a lot of us women, we've been hurt by men, but a lot of men have been hurt too, and there's a lot of good men out there who are willing to help us to heal if we allow them to. So it's always been an open program where just because I'm a woman doesn't mean that I'm going to stick with everything that every woman says and does. Just because I'm black doesn't mean that or identify as black because nowadays people are so into who they identify as. But um, again, that doesn't mean that I have any loyalty to any one particular gender, race, or whatever. If you look at the protesters, there's so many that on place. What's the place in Baltimore? What's it on a bay or whatever it's called where the black woman was denied service because of what her son was wearing, and there was a white child who was being seated in almost identical style and type of clothing. Uh, what is it, Ona Bay or whatever it is? And they were protesting for days downtown Baltimore today. And most of the protesters didn't look like us. But the woman who was discriminated against was black. Uh, Jean goes on to say, I think the main solution to Cassie's problem, the problem with black men and women, will start at home. Exactly. That's what I've been trying to say. It needs to start at home. Um, some could care less about what a teacher said. So the biggest mentors in a child's life should be their parent or guardian. So they should play the biggest part in instilling a sense of value and self-esteem in our children. And uh, Simo says, preach, pastor. But this is the thing. Remember back in the day when you had, um, what was it called, the big boys clubs and the big girls clubs, and you had these mentors? I know back in the day I had gotten a mentor for my son, a male mentor. is one of his teacher's husband, and he taught him a lot of things about life, and I've shared the story that when I was much younger, and he was younger, he had something to go to, and I didn't know anything about buying a tie, and there was an old white couple in a Walmart or somewhere, and I said, I'm sorry, I'm a single parent. 
I hope you don't mind, but do you know how to tie a tie? And that gentleman took the time to teach him. He said, now this, I'm going to teach you how to do the classic Windsor tie. And this is how you do this, and this is how you do that. They didn't care. And the wife stood there proudly, and she was smiling. And I said, oh, thank you so much. Again, it comes down to us being the mentors, us being that beacon of light to show. Now the new thing is that I'm seeing that the 20s and 30, well, it's the 30-year-olds and uh, so are saying, yeah, you old heads need to get out of our way. I'm like, say what? There's, you know, there's people like somebody said the other day, there's people like, you know, in their 50s, you know, and they don't know anything, you know. I'm not going to sit here and they need to get out of our way. Oh, okay, well, what's your plan? I didn't hear him talk about a plan. He The new thing is that, for whatever reason, the 30s and the 50s are at war with one another. And don't get me wrong, there are some people in my age group, and I'm like, what the hell? That part is true. But that doesn't apply to all of us. And then, I don't care what age you are, if you're on a mission and you're on point, I will support you. I will be right there to walk with you, encourage you, motivate you, inspire you, whatever it is. There are so many people who I talk to on a daily basis who say, you are my inspiration. And I'm like, you know, and they say, you keep it real. You say, you know what, when you're going through some shit, you're going through some shit. Absolutely. But I keep it real with people. And I don't mind sharing the knowledge that someone was nice enough to share with me. We have to start at home. And if we don't, doesn't matter. Racism can end tomorrow. We're still going to be a lost cause. And we're going to annihilate each other. Jean writes true, but if the child is not taught to be respectful to authority figures such as teachers, law enforcement, and or elders, they won't care what the teachers are trying to teach them. And nowadays, I wouldn't want most of these teachers to teach my young black man or woman a damn thing because they're indoctrinated to teach them white history. The only thing they teach us about black history is slavery. And maybe Harriet Tubman and Frederick Douglass as side notes in the struggle against slavery. Again, I've said this plenty of time. It is up to us to keep the stories alive. And most people, most adults nowadays are so busy. Most adults are slinging the hair for the sister side. These old heads are wearing the high heels that they know they can't walk in, slinging the fake hair and doing all of that, trying to be out there to get themselves a man. They're not teaching anything. They've forgotten who they are and whose they are and when and what our ancestors went through to give us these rights. We're trying so hard. I'm so sick of seeing so many girls with all of this slinging fake hair. And in the end, when they start taking that crap out, they won't have any hair of their own because every time they get those weeds redone, they're destroying their own natural hair. And once those roots die, there is no hair coming back. None. We are at a crossroads now. We can only try to put together programs to help young people, to help adults. If they don't want to, we help five people 
and for the rest of our lives, then our job is well done. Those are five people who will help five other people, and so on. Until they all die out and will get destroyed by the people who would prefer to stay at ground zero playing the victims. And yes, you have some teachers who would love to teach it, to to teach black history. The true deal with black history, all of it, from Huey and the Panthers and everybody. They have to tell it all. They have to talk about Black Wall Street. You have that idiot in the White House who said that he just, you know, created Juneteenth. That's a wonderful thing. And he's allowed to get away with his rhetoric and his psychoses. But we have to start doing something right now. We can't wait till November because guess what? I don't like either of the candidates. And nobody has my best interests at heart. Nobody. Right now, it just seems like somebody does because this fool now is just so, what's the word? He's dangerous. But we need to put these little crazy little backwoods hicks back in the bottle where they came from. Because some of them are targeting us. I'm tired, people. I'm tired of being the beacon of light. I shouldn't be working this hard for everything. I'm fighting my own battles for equality and justice. And then I'm trying to be that beacon for so many other people all over the world. It isn't just in this country. I'm talking to people all over the world in so many different time zones. And some people just don't understand. Oh, and let me tell you about the the civil rights meeting that I was in. So we had some white managers who were involved with the call, and one of the white females, she said, oh, my God, Maria, and my hand to the Lord, this woman said, I'm so sorry for the pain that my people have caused you. She said it. She wrote it out in a meeting, and I said, thank you. I said, although you weren't the one that hurt me, your words mean a lot. No different than when I was still at the community center. I had a function there. One of the gentlemen walked up to me, and he said, may I hug you? And as he hugged me, he said, I want to apologize on behalf of every single sorry-ass man that ever hurt you in any way. To that gentleman, I remember to this day. And to the gentleman who talked to me as a little girl in the market in Baltimore City. And he said that he was proud of me and he wanted to shake my hand because he said, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I just blurted out a doctor because all my life I had heard them doctor children and doctor this and doctor that. So I figured, okay, I'm not going to be pretty. I'm not going to be anything else or worthwhile to any man. I might as well be a doctor. Literally, it was because of a gentleman who walked up to me who, for whatever reason, struck up a conversation with me. Of course, my mother was mad as hell, and I paid for it when we got home. But to this day, I remember that gentleman who told me to stay on the path because we need black doctors. And he said, in a black female doctor, we need you. He literally told me that. 
And I remember that to this day, just like I remembered the child that said, you sure is black. And the one that said, is that black thing, your sister? I also remember the people who encouraged me. Those are the types of beacons of light that I'm looking for, the people who can do that, instill that in somebody, in one child, in a few children, whatever it will be, where that child carries what you instill in them to adulthood. Wasn't any family member that encouraged me. It wasn't it was a total stranger that who walked up to me as a child and pissed off my mother at one of the local markets in Baltimore City. I remember that gentleman to this day. Now, if my mother's alive, I'm assuming maybe he is, too. And if at some way he ever comes across my voice, he's the one that I want to say, thank you, sir. Guess what? That little black girl with no self-esteem and no hope for the future, I did it. I may not be a medical doctor, but I'm a doctor nonetheless. Be that beacon of light. That's what I charge everyone to do. Be that beacon of light. Take some child under your wing and tell them, some young person, whether they're in their 20s, some young person in their 20s. I had a postdoc come into my office before I left work, and she had been getting ridiculed by the um, group leaders and people in her unit because they're foreign, most of them, and the last thing they wanted to see was a black female that was a postdoc scientist. Heaven forbid. They always talk about we want people in STEM and STEP. The problem is once we get there, the white and foreign counterparts don't want us there, and they make our lives a living hell or their lives because I'm not in STEM and STEP. And I gave her that encouragement. She left there in tears, and I said, do you need a hug? And she said, yes, I do. I gave that young lady a hug, and she said, Just talking to you meant the world to me. You don't know. Be that beacon of light for somebody. That's all we can do. We have to be intentional in this. That's the way that we're going to save our own race. It's being that handful of people who are willing to be that beacon of light to someone who we don't know. In addition to those that we do know. Simo says, I have dreads and I do sling them. I admit. But they are mine. I teach about uh, I teach about modern day trailblazers. No disrespect to Harriet Tubman or Martin Luther King Jr. They were the icons of their time. We need, and I agree with this, I agree with this on that level, we need the new generation. To some, I'm that trailblazer, but I'm aging out. I'm getting tired. I want to live at some point and not wake up every day trying to figure out how I can continue to shine for so many people because it's wearing me down and it's wearing me out. But it's so, it's so much um, of a difference when we can all say that whatever it is, it belongs to us 
it is ours. We were just, I was talking to a neighbor the other day, actually neighbors on both sides of me, and we were talking about moving away, some out of state, others out of country, but keeping our homes here where we are because one thing that we don't have, we don't own anything. We don't own property. Times get hard. There'll be a home for you to fall back on. When you're just starting out, there'll be a home that's paid for in full. Do you have to keep the upkeep? Yes. If you don't have a mortgage, why don't you have money saved up to take care of a plumbing issue or get a new roof? It's just several thousand dollars. Or have insurance and in well, insurance will kick in if it's something that's covered by insurance. But just usual wear and tear, you'll have to have the money to get that replaced. That's the problem. So many people don't own their property. They have bum landlords who don't take care of things, but they will take their money. We have to learn how to own something. I have been a producer on television, radio, all of the above. I have my statuettes downstairs. I have my Emmy pen. I have my Academy pen downstairs. I saw it earlier today. Did I become rich, filthy rich and famous? No, but I've been pretty affluent at times in my life, and I've lived quite comfortably. And I've had points where I've had nothing to my name but four cents, faith and forgiveness. I'll never forget that because that's part of my life and my narrative. But all in all, it was an interesting ride. Everything that I've had to endure and experience. That's where we are, people. So um, I'm going to be shutting this down soon because I'm really drop-dead tired. And... um, If you come up with some things that you think would be great ideas, now's the time for us to start to act upon them. I know that some of us, our time is not our own because we're working on the next leg. Some of you are working on the next leg of your journey. And you have other obligations. But if you have ideas that you would like to see in motion, feel free to reach out to me. And I'll see what I can do to make those dreams reality. But I am getting tired. I'm getting tired of seeing all of this ugliness in the world. I'm getting tired of seeing us not respect each other. Um, As I said on my program earlier for my titanium tidbits is that I'm getting more products. And I'm going to do more reviews of these products. And I put out a call for other people. And please share that video. If you all saw the YouTube video that I shared earlier. And again, if you are interested in any of the products on the two sites that I featured today, uh, feel free to um, share the video so that these uh, people can get some business as well. Uh, If you have an idea of how we can start fixing our communities, our homes, helping our girls and young men to understand that they do have worth. Even in the midst of being told that they are worthless, they do have worth. 
and it's not based on the shade of their skin. I first uh, started my for-profit corporation, and I was had teamed up with a huge nonprofit that dealt with foster children. They came in. They were angry as hell. I would ask a question. They said, that's that same shit that those counselors ask. They don't mean shit to us. I said, let me tell you something. I'm not your counselor. This is your time. I'd let them know that in the end, they have the right to tell their story. They have the right to tell their narrative. In the end, I produced that movie of their struggles and their journey. That movie won a Telly Award. I did not submit it for the Emmys. Wasn't ready for that. But it did win a Telly Award, and that statuette is downstairs right now. I've had my stint with the Academy of Television Arts and Sciences, a.k.a. the Emmys. I have been a judge for the Chesapeake chapter, which we do um, certain talk shows, local talk shows, um, news programs, um, other public interest programs in the Chesapeake area. Uh, I was the judge to decide who would win Emmys for their programs, one of the judges. Um so again, I have a uh, you know so much knowledge to share with so many people to help them get on the right track and to make sure that they know that nothing comes easy and it's not an easy job to start a, a business or a corporation and to run it properly. And we have to make sure that all of our I's are dotted and all of our T's are crossed and we do things the right way. We can't half-ass do things and then cry foul when we can't get the loans or we don't know where. While we're busy looking at loans, I always told people, I said, I've started all of my companies without a loan. There are other options out there. You can have investors who believe in your dream, who only expect a return on their investment. That means they want to see you succeed. They want to invest in you, and they can invest in so many ways. It could be knowledge-based. It could be monetary. It could be so many things, and there are people out there who are willing to help you. You don't want to deal with the crabs who are making pretend. You want to make sure that the people who are guiding you are people who are legitimate and have it with attention that really want to see you survive. And, again, it's not based on what shade you are. It's based on what people see in you. There are so many people who did not look like me who, who, who taught me how to be successful because they saw that thing in me that society had convinced me that I did not possess. Not everyone who looks like us is a friend. Not everyone who does not an enemy. But if we can get past the colorism, the, the sexism, the, the listening to the, the, the beats of the, the, some of the songs where every woman is a hoe, whether it's your mama, whether it's your sister, whether it's your, your, your baby mama, that hoe this, that bitch, that, you know, and all of these, these males glorifying themselves, and I'm still wondering when they're going to come in an adult size from head to toe, but that's okay. That's a show for another day. 
can we do to start healing ourselves and our community and our homes? That is the question that I want to leave everyone with to think about. If you come up with something, contact me. Let me know if we can work together and network. You know, Jean, I sent Jean something earlier tonight. Once again, someone reached out to me. Doesn't look like me, but they want to network and make great things happen. Oh, I'm black. That's right. I shouldn't work with this person. I should stay at the bottom and turn down a great opportunity because they don't look like me. Come on, people. We got to do better. Uh, Day writes, how about an an inventing or an idea to invent, an invention, I'm sorry, um, that can be used in our communities. Inventions can be licensed for royalty and money. Yep, that's a thought. That is one that... um, We can definitely work towards, but you have to know who's in your corner when you're doing that type of brainstorming. You have to have disclosure agreements so that meaning that people who you're talking to about your invention or your design or whatever it is, if they go behind your back and sell it to someone and they take your idea, you have that document in place that is legal and binding. So that if they do it, you have the rights to come at them for your royalties, for them stealing your idea. So, again, these are the types of things that when you're talking about something like that, yes, you. but you want to know who you're sharing these ideas with. You know, we have more of these fake doctors and fake everybody coming up and feel good, foo-foo, fluff-fluff gurus that are taking your money, selling you a bill of goods to make you feel good and selling you all these tapes and CDs that mount to nothing but something in the corner collecting dust. Um, Day goes on to say, this way, if people feel that running a company is too intimidating, at first inventing um, inventing can be a good idea. Again, you are absolutely right, but they have to be um, comfortable with the fact that uh, several things. They can take on internships or they can take on uh, people that they can talk to with what's called um, informational interviews. They can learn about the business of business Uh, again. But if you're talking about something where you want to do inventions and things of that, always, always, always get signed non-disclosure before anyone sees. Exactly. There you go. Exactly right, Dave. See, now people – The show is almost ending. Now we're getting on to something. And now for those of you who are listening, this is things that you need to write down. Because everyone has a talent. And these types of things, this alone, this little bit of information is priceless to you. This can make or break your success. In many cases, something as simple as having a legal and binding sign Non-disclosure agreement can make or break your success. There's nothing worse than seeing your idea come to fruition through someone that you shared it with in confidence 
and they took your idea and ran with it. That's your beginning, non-disclosure. Secondly, you have to know that the people who you want to do business with properly. Vet the people that you want to do business with properly. Check them out on the Better Business Bureau. Check out their businesses. See if they're, if they're 501c3. Look them up on the IRS site. If you don't see them, ask questions. If people come to you with all that feel-good foo-foo, ask for their portfolio. You want to see what their plans are. You want to see what their outlooks are. You want to know all of this. And some of you are sitting up there like, what does that mean? Exactly. These are the types of things that you need to know before you call yourself a business person. These are the types of things that we need to work towards. Again, if anybody wants to talk further, you have anything you want to run by, 202-618-2556 is our uh, main number, 202-618-2556. There are more people out here who are faking the funk than the little bit people. There are so many people out here who even try to mimic and imitate who I am, what I've done. I've been in this game a long, long time. This show alone has been around for more than 10 years. This show alone is heard all over the world. This show has expanded into other shows. No, see, um, uh, Day says, check those people out. Use your Internet and let your fingers do the walking. Amen to that. And then Simo says, sometimes you have to move in silence, network later. No, 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 no. You can network because, see, that's how you weed out the fantastic from the fake. You can network, and you can get all of that information, and then you go back to what Day said. You have to go back, and then you let your fingers do the walking. That's when you start to vet those people who you network with. The one thing that I said when I said that I sent something to Jean earlier, and I said someone reached out to me, and one thing that that person said was, check out my website, check out everything. Well, this person has been on several news programs. They've done this and that. I'm going to look up some more things about them, and then I'll figure out where we can fit in and how we can work together. When you're at that point where you don't have to go out looking for people, people come to you, that's a milestone. And Dave says, again, don't just check out one source. Look for info about the people at two or three sources, as many sources as you can find. And if you can find some people that you can talk to and see if you can contact some of their customers and say, hey, you know, I'd like to know what your real deal was. Do that as well. But, no, I would say network. I love networking. I love networking for getting out and socializing. And you learn a lot by what people say to you. And, uh, you know, social media is great and wonderful, but if you can meet them face-to-face, you get to look in their eyes and hear their voices. You can tell when some people are just bedazzling you with their bullshit. You really can. Don't allow your fascination and your wants to cloud your good judgment. You can tell when you're being BS. In so many ways. And there's some people, some people you can go through, through to a place and hear so many um, people give you the same script. That's one thing I do when the PR people contact me about having guests on my show. 
I tell them, don't send me the script. Don't tell me what questions to ask because those same questions have been asked on the last 20 shows that they were on. I set my ground rules for this program. I set them. And if they don't want to follow them, then they can take their guests and go elsewhere. But they're not going to turn down a show that they've already vetted and know that I'm heard all over the world and that I have a listenership and a following. They're not going to turn that down. So they're going to play by my rules on my show. That's why we've been around so long because my listeners know that I don't follow anyone's set of rules. I march to the beat of the drum that I created myself. And that's how it works. We have about seven minutes left in our program. This has been a really good um, discussion starter. Uh, we started off with colorism and it rolled into everything else. And um, I hope that everyone who listens to this program understands that we have a starting point. We just need to start. Simo uh, says, that's what I was saying. A group of business owners meet up here twice a month to just chat and exchange information and day says uh, networking is about that old phrase it's not what you know but who you know meaning you establish relationships in your network that you trust and will be your go-to people exactly we always have to have those people that we can go to and just as people have us as their come-to person, we have our go-to people too. And that's how we continue to grow because there's always someone out there who knows more than I do. Doesn't matter what my title is, none of that. When I become the student, I am the student. And one thing I can say about this whole change in, in the hiring practices for the government with skills, you don't have to have college degree. Some people are good at what they do. I can't fix plumbing. I can't go and fix my car. I can't do those things. I applaud all of those people. These are people who, yeah, you do right by me. Guess what? I'm going to do right by you. As I said earlier on my program, when I did the product reviews for my titanium tidbits earlier, I said, if I believe in you and your product or your service or whatever, I believe in promoting that because when much is expected, much when much is given, much is expected. So I believe in giving that. But I have to believe in you, in your product, in your service, what you stand for, and what you how how hard you're willing to work to get to your next level. So we're down to four minutes. Um, Thank you for having this broadcast. We women need educational support resources as well. And thank you for joining us. I'm so sorry that you came in. We're so close to the end. Uh, I will try to do another one of this show again. I'm going to go back to having guests next month. Um, I will have someone who's going to tell us about financial responsibility. Um, And I've gotten a few people that I'll be vetting now to get some more guests on that can share their knowledge and wisdom. Uh, Please connect. Again, our number is 202-618-2556. 
Uh, you can look for us at Focus uh, Females uh, Global over on Facebook. Uh, Focus, it is our registered trademark. It stands for Females Offering Clarity, Unity, and Success. <laughs> Day, I hope again. Um, if you reach out to me, I will m- make sure to keep you in contact with all of our programs. I'm so glad that you did find us and welcome again. You come as a guest, but you leave as family. So you're stuck with us now. Um, again, our number is 202 618 2556. If you want to reach out to me via email, it's let's grow at cmaria wall.com and thank you so much yeah i'm the queen of acronyms <laughs> i do quite a few of them so focus is it f period o period c period u period uh s there's no period at the end of s and when the trademark attorney was talking to me about it it was so funny he said do you want to put a period there i said no because that's for success and that's limitless so there's no period on the end of that and then i go into the focus females offering stands for Females Offering Clarity, Unity, and Success. So, yeah, it is a registered trademark, people. So there's a lot of people out there who have similar, but we're about to shut them down, too. Um, Again, when you know the business of business, you know how to protect what's yours. So, again, um, I want to pray each and every one of you enough. I want to pray you enough sunshine to brighten your rainy days. I want to pray you enough rain to make your gardens grow beautifully. Where is my music? I'll just play this one. Um, I want to pray you enough smiles to turn the frown that you've been carrying around upside down. But most of all, I want to pray you enough strength and courage to be faced, to face whatever may be coming your way at this very moment and knocking at your door and beyond. So until next time, I'm Dr. C, a.k.a. The Mediator, and she wrote right here at Our Ground Zero, waiting for us to come together so that we can all rise together. Each one help others. And we cannot fail if we continue to do that. So just think about how can you help someone that you do not know. We have 90 seconds left, so I'm going to turn up the music and... um We're going to go from there. We started with Tori Lee's good music. It's been a good conversation, and hopefully we'll have a good outcome of this. And I'll see you again Um, in about two weeks, I think, is when I'll come back with a new guest. So I'll be off next Saturday, and then we'll be coming back the middle of um, the beginning of uh, the middle of um, July with uh, some more guests. So take care, and we will talk again soon. And Day, welcome to the family, and thank you all for joining me here tonight. I get lost in your words. It feels so good when I'm hurt. Take my mind off when the beat takes me away with only good music oh 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 with only good music something about the things you said stays in my mind makes me want to sit down and listen to you 
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.